Mealy, it's almost winter break. Are you exhausted? I'm like duly exhausted, like my Ford Granada. I wasn't expecting a joke that dumb right out of the gate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud and upset. Well, one of the main things that's stressing me out. You buy a present. I've got to get this to um friends in another state. But then it's so exhausting just waiting in line at USPS. Not that they're not hardworking, but it's busy this time of year. An easier way to do it? Stamps.com. How does that work? You can save time. You can save money. You can save stress all by going to stamps.com and using a special promo code. What's the code? Oh, like, pod. Like you're listening to a podcast now, but just but drop off the cast to keep it fast. And if you use it, you get a four-week free trial. That that brings you over to January. Free postage. You get digital scale. So go ahead and um, click on that thing and, and mail that stuff. You can even mail something to me. I'm not giving you my address, but if you figure it out, you can mail something to me. Challenge accepted, Internet. Oh, okay. Thank you. Neely, I have two problems. One of those. I really love the show on professional development, and I have a big blank spot on my chest where my shirt is. First of all, the first one doesn't sound like a problem. I mean, it's so much love, I can't contain it. And you also have, what, a blank spot on your chest? Yeah, where my shirt is. You you never grew chest hair? Obviously not. (laughs) Oh, I know what you should do. You should go to this link in the show notes and get an unprofessional development t-shirt. Yes, that sounds like exactly what I needed for this premise. So, boys and girls, we have t-shirts. We have magnets. We have buttons. Show your unprofessional love. That way you'll get to know who your fellow unprofessionals are when you're walking down the hallway and go, Oh, you listen to that too? Be an unprofessional representative. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very covert episode of Unprofessional Development. I'm Tedesco. And I'm Mealy. And today we have with us um, Stephanie Hasty, um, who is a teacher who teaches um, James Bond. We're going to kind of get into that. How, how are you doing today, Ms. Hasty? Good, 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 good. Nice to see you guys. Good to see you. So we always like to have fun prompts. You, you listeners know that. So her prompt is, since her expertise is James Bond, so you're going to describe your education resume like Q showing 007, his new Aston Martin, and all the um, the features that he's got on the Aston Martin. So, so go ahead. I, take I, away with it. I love that. Am I doing yes. an accent as well? Probably you can. Not, <laughs> if you want to. We do have some British <laughs> listeners that, that might nail you to the wall if you don't do it perfect, but, but go for it if you want to. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. So I've got it. So now pay attention to 007. Look okay. over here. Okay. You've got an ordinary woman who teaches in a small town in Missouri. And if you look to the left, you'll see now, don't press that button. Not until I say. <laughs> it's true, though, that's how he talks. And now if you see over this. here, she's got a 12-year-old daughter. And inside the case, you'll find a woman who prefers to share her love of pop culture with everyone. 007, pop culture has a meaning and purpose. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I love it. So, what happens if he presses the button? Yes, I don't know. <laughs> and he always does, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> always, always. How, how are you not going to press the button? Don't press the button. That's they have to I press have the button. That says don't press the button. Yes. Yeah, don't press the button. That's a hot plate. Don't touch it. Yes. Automatically, someone has to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Right, it's Chekhov's red button. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that reference. I just quit making quit making references. I don't get to this guy. What, what to this guy <laughs> do? What, what, what Chekhov do? So, so Anton oh, Chekhov, Chekhov that Chekhov. Chekhov. Yeah, so, so he, he uh, said don't put a gun on a stage unless someone's going to fire it. So oh. the saying is Chekhov's gun. Like if, if there's something there that people are going to have to use, like you're not going to introduce the button unless you know someone's going to press it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Got it. That was even I understand. more sophisticated than I you and your literary thought. devices That's and great. stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I do waste time reading TV tropes. I agree. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So you teach it. So uh, what grade levels do, do you work with? Uh, high school, ninth and twelfth mostly. Okay. And and in or Missouri, 10th, 12th, and so in Missouri. How, mm-hmm. how did you convince your school to let you teach a James Bond class? Now, what's really fun? Okay, so the history of this course started with summer school. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I, we shot a course. So I taught James Bond in literature and film, and she taught James Bond in history and film. Oh. And both courses, you had to write a bigger paper than just um the one course. And uh, we did that because it was the year 2007. Not that I want to date myself or how old I am, but it was 2007. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Daniel Craig's movie was just coming out. Okay. And so we were really wanting to have something that kids would want to do. And yeah. so we bought a couple of books, License to Thrill and some other coffee table books, so we could, like, separate out, well, who was going to teach what and who was going to do what. Mm-hmm. And then... It's not really, it's not a course by itself. <laughs> this is going to sound awful. I'm still like a bad teacher. It's in my AP Lit course. Uh-huh. Because there were things That's that cool. we were. Oh, I love it. Because there were things that we were doing in that course, talking about style, structure, how mm-hmm. literature changes over time. And it's a lit course with some AP laying kind of things that I had to do. And I was like, I'm not going to add to a unit that I already think is perfect. I'm making a new unit and I'm using James Bond. So I took the summer school stuff. And brought it in and made it more sophisticated. So then we also analyze music. We also analyze tropes. We write in the style of. And we, we use all these things. Dictions, syntax, structures, all those things that you need to do. Only we do it through James Bond. Because I think it's super cool is that over the years, not only does Ian Fleming change his, his writing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But also over the years, the movies work with whatever decade they're in. Right. right. They don't even like mean to, right? But they do. Like I was just reading an article bad mouthing Pierce Brosnan and how he's like the worst Bond ever. And all I could think was, dude, when he came out in the nineties, everybody was like, This is the best Bond ever. Mm-hmm. Yay. It's yeah. very nineties. Yeah. He's suave. He's sophisticated. He's super cheesy, right? Yeah. Um, right. And I guess didn't age as well as I was hoping. But I use those <laughs> sorts of things, right? Whenever um I teach the course. Then the the third layer of that is I also teach Missouri Scholars Academy in the summer, which is 330 of Missouri's top sophomores. Okay. They go to, they go to summer camp for three weeks. And one of the courses I teach is James Bond in literature and film. And it's a course that they can opt into. Okay. And that's that. That's okay. All my so you've kind of worked, you've worked within the system. Yes. So, it, so when someone's actually going to like in, in your high school, they don't like click on, James Bond as their as their course, like when they meet their guidance counselor to schedule the next year, right? But right, they, but, but there's an understanding that that's but they're going to get that it's it's known in the school, I guess. Yes, it, it is. Okay. It's like, and somebody asked me why do you do that, and I was like, well, it's the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing work and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But honestly, I truly believe pop culture has meaning and purpose. It and does. If we aren't paying attention to that. I think we're losing a lot. And yes. James Bond is such a rich culture. I mean, decades mm-hmm. of. Oh yeah. And, and it's, it's very comparable to like people who teach like comic books, you know, and superheroes. It's just because they're always, uh, art is always going to be a reflection of culture and, and the time, you know, the fears of the time, the interests of the time. I mean, the Pierce Brosnan stuff, that was when, you know, the internet was starting to explode. So yeah, all the technology is magic because we were, we were just starting to figure out like the, the limits of of, like the the depths Mm -hmm. of technology. And I'm probably the only person who, um, 
unironically really loves Die Another Day. Um, <laughs> because it's so awful, really wonderful. I mean, there's an invisible car. There is yes. an invisible. If it worked for Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So why doesn't it work for James Bond? There's a whole entire building made of ice. What more to ask Yeah. For? Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. Yes. Again, like, that worked for Batman too. Like, yeah, and all of this is just comic books. Superman had a, had a house of ice. So. Totally. He did. He did. All right. So- I, I'm curious about something. So I, I know Ian Fleming as a person, but I have never actually read the James Bond books. So I know he was a spy during World War Two. Right. Right. Um, and he uses that information in his books. His books, like the kids always are surprised. His books are pretty dense. Hmm. Um, he hmm. uses French a lot. He uses German and other foreign languages a lot. He describes food in a very sophisticated way. Okay. Um, he describes gambling, casinos, the places he's going mm-hmm. um, in very sophisticated ways to where kids are having to look up stuff or the sentences are really long and complex, which okay. I think is just, people don't think that. It's yeah, because I was thinking of them as being kind of like Pulp Fiction-y. That, that, that would right. be, even though I haven't read them, that, that would be my expectation that that's what they would be. They'd be really yeah. Simple sentence structure and, and maybe a little Harlequin romance um, flavor in there in there as <laughs> well. Well, yeah, just a, but only slightly. Like the romance is like imagined more than it is described. Although there are scenes that don't that have not aged well at all. Like there's one um, I can't think of the book right now, but where he spanks a girl because she needs a good spanking. These are not things that age. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you know? they, are not. they just are not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we you have to give her a consequence. The war's over. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Barely related, but I think related. I think Ian Fleming was part of this. There's this podcast I listened to. Oh, what was it called? It was like the world's greatest scam or the world's greatest con game or something like that. So here's what happened. And Ian Fleming, I think, was part of this team that did this, if I'm not mistaken. So they wanted, prior to D-Day... They wanted Germany to think that D-Day was taking someplace somewhere else. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. And they had some guy, like they had a guy like this dead person, but then they had to convince that he was like, had parachuted and been drowned. And then that they found like the papers on him. He's going to wash up on shore and they're going to like find, you know, air quotes there, these secret papers. And then the Germans are going to think that like the allies are going to be going somewhere else. And they had all this. Case, whole, did you, this do you know any more details on that? Operation Mincemeat is what it's called. Nice. What did we do before Mincemeat. Google? What did I we don't do? know. I don't know. It took a long time to get there. Ask Ian Flynn. Britannica. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah. um, but no, that's a real thing. That's a yeah. real thing. Yeah. There's, and there's, awesome. there's a whole podcast like mini series that 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 goes like kind of like through all the um the stages of what they had to do and get the dead body and like. And if I remember correctly, it was his idea. Like he was the one who was like, Let's do this elaborate scheme. Yeah, he was. He was wow. definitely a big part of it. Yeah, he was definitely a big part of it. I don't know exactly his role, but he was definitely a huge part of of, I, of that. I had yeah. also heard that while he was working to fight the Nazis, he was on uh, Baker Street, and he was working with uh, what's his name, uh, Christopher Lee, who became mm-hmm. Saruman. <laughs> so yeah, Saruman and James Bond lived in like. Sherlock Holmes's house to fight Nazis. Like that's oh. that's a sentence I said. That's that wow. that actually correct. makes perfect sense that you can look <laughs> up and find the truth in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. 
There's, there's six, six, six degrees of separation. Only three degrees of separation between Sherlock Holmes and James Bond. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> oh, definitely. Okay. Well, yes. that's what we talk about as well. We talk about how Ian Fleming was influenced. What who influenced him? Because we know the spy stuff, but we don't understand. We don't know the whole entire like thirty nine steps. Um, you know the Sherlock Holmes stuff and mm-hmm. those kinds of mm-hmm. things. And then how Ian Fleming's James Bond influences every action film after the. Oh, film. definitely. You know, because my kids are watching it, or they we read part of Casino Royale and then we watch it, mm-hmm. and they're like the um, like the book is so much. Well, not the the first book is Doctor No. And so, well, sorry, sorry. The first movie is Doctor No. And so we watch it and they're like, this is really boring. And I'm like, not in 1961. It was <laughs> this is pretty amazing. I go the whole entire opening sequence. Can you imagine the movie? Think of other movies that came out during that time period, right? Yes. And then we watch Casino Royale, which is a very different, the first book, but the first Daniel Craig movie, very different concept, very different approach. Um, and I, you know, he, he created in some ways Indiana Jones, right? You know, I was going to say that the, the idea that like we're going to open with like the end of the last adventure that we don't it's, it's not even right. related to what's going on. Oh. But we're just going to have a great action sequence. But no, um, all the, the tropes that you see in Indiana Jones, you know, like the humor, the bumbling idiot, but also really suave and debonair, like mm-hmm. all these kinds of things. And you see that in several different characters throughout right. Right. Uh, with James being the foundation of that. But yeah. with uh, the Daniel Craig ones, I, I read an interesting article that said that pretty much every action movie after the Bourne identity is just trying to be the Bourne identity. Like the (laughs) Bourne identity had just such a massive impact on action movies Mm -hmm. that now everything is just so sudden tons of quick cuts. There's got to be a parkour chase scene. Um, and, uh, somebody has to defend themselves with like an improvised weapon. It's like, so that now has started to, to influence just action movies everywhere. I've mentioned this class in other episodes. I had a, I had a class that I took my, my senior in high school, which was just a, um, class where we just read books. And then every, every time you got done a book and three other people had gotten done that book, you would have like a little discussion for like, um, and, and do that. And so one of the books I actually read was, was Born Identity when, um, during, during that, um, time. Which is fun. It's Robert Ludlow, right? Or yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I know I, it was weird because I read Born Identity and Spencer for Hire at the same time, but also, but, and, and, <laughs> And then, and then, but then, Clan of the Cave Bear and um, uh, Malcolm X's biography with um, uh, the, Alex, Haley. Uh, Alex Haley. Yes, yeah. it, it's um, good to be diverse. Good to be yeah, diverse. so there, there was like all, there was just a huge. The teachers had gotten a very good, um, whatever we call diverse, you know, for whatever all kinds of flavors and tastes and styles and all that that you can mm-hmm. just read there. So there was just. There was probably like like seven or eight copies of each of those books on the shelf, and then you when you when you just go up and pick one and read it. When you were done, you said, "I'm done, Clan of the Cave Bear," and they put it down thing. And when there were like five people done, Clan of the Cave Bear, they took fi- us five in a separate room, and then we would just discuss Clan of the Cave Bear for like thirty minutes. But somehow my school had funding to have two teachers that just sat in a room while kids read like that. that, that you know, and then they would then take and then take them out to it, so that one could watch. Whenever there was a discussion, one yeah. of the teachers had to take the five kids to another room. I have no idea how it's they a sweet that. deal. Schedule, it's yeah, super sweet all around, frankly. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean it actually was good for the kids and good for the teachers. Yeah, and they picked so. books like that were high interest, but also uh, of literary merit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was That's fun. Cool. Yeah, and you didn't get bogged down like that. Why we weren't having like spend like the amount of time that sometimes teachers spend like on a novel is. Well, it's good. You don't need to spend like 
uh, an entire quarter on the whole Great Gatsby or Huck Finn or whatever it is that you're reading. Just Ugh. like have, yeah. just have, some, have them read the book and then let's talk about it for 30 minutes and let's read another book. You know, that's yeah, fun. Let's get on. I, I had I had like a an AP Lit style course in high school where we spent an entire quarter on Frankenstein and talking about it and analyzing it. And we did like a whole uh, a court case on it. Like we were pretended to be a courtroom and people took different positions as lawyers. I'm like, I just want to read. Just the juice out of Frankenstein. And don't get me wrong, I love Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And I, I also use Blade Runner when I teach it. Oh. I think a culture has meaning and purpose. <laughs> I never even made that connection. Ooh, that opens up a so whole good. new door. It's so good. And the, and the treatment of women and it's just... It's yeah. Great. How do you deal with the various... You know, we, we're always told to differentiate. And I'm sure there's kids who, like, sign up who are, like, James Bond fanatics who can just, mm-hmm. you know quote book chapter yeah. and verse versus people that just signed up for AP lit and like have never seen or heard of any James Bond movies. So how do you find the balance of that when you, when you're designing the class and the lesson and all that kind of stuff? Oh, so even in the middle of like uh, Missouri scholars Academy, there'll be kids that, uh, that know more than me about James Bond and mm-hmm. they're always testing me. Wow. And I always, you know, they're like, we want to make sure you're worthy. Nice. <laughs> no more, right? Yeah. Um, but then there are kids who are like, I've seen one James Bond film. Or then I have AP Lit kids who don't want to have fun. Doesn't that sound horrible? But they don't <laughs> want to have fun in AP Lit because aren't we wasting time? Isn't there a test at the end of the year? Oh, Why aren't you doing this? Right? Oh. Yep. And so, so with those kids, it's pretty easy because I just show them the books. And while the books, like, um, Ian Fleming was also very good at chasing rabbits after a while. Like, you're, you know. In the book, you're like, why is, are these 30 pages here? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, but his, um, I don't know, his prose is dense. He writes really fantastically about things they don't know about. And so then right. they have to research and they have to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Which helps. And then <clears throat> when you go back to that style and you talk about, um, how his craft influences his story and so on and so on, you can get kids hooked that way. But also it's just giving them time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, go tell your dad to, that you want to watch this James Bond film, or go tell your family on family night that this is the one, the thing you want to watch, you know, mm-hmm. or connecting it even with, um, things that they like, um, like Howl's Moving Castle or mm-hmm. those kinds of things, um, and finding influences. Okay. So the kids that come in with all the knowledge, they're surprised, are they surprised at how much they didn't know as well? Or? Right. Or- well, and we had, the reason why I even knew about the Operation Mincemeat me was, is because a kid last summer told me about it and we kind of researched it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy crap, that's real. Yeah, it's totally real. And, that's so uh, cool. And so it's just letting them also go off on their tangents. Um, but do you ever worry about any sort of backlash or anything like that? Because, I mean, James Bond, I mean, uh, when we talk Bond girls and things like that, um, you know, are you, are you worried that, that parents might be, you know, concerned about some of the content or, I mean, you're dealing with seniors though, right? I'm dealing with seniors and also like in terms of what kids consume nowadays, the books are pretty mild. They really are. Yeah. Like, like it's one of those, like, did they just have sex? I don't know. Quadruple <laughs> <laughs> yeah, space. Kind of yes. <laughs> Who knows? There was a um, dot, dot, dot. And then the next chapter happened. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well. which I mean, in the movies, a lot of times it's just like 
the just like the the fade away and oh James, you know? <laughs> it's that same kind of thing, even or even more subtle because you're like, wasn't he just playing Bakarov? I don't understand this. I thought you know kind of thing. Um, yes, but also with the modern age, like with the Me Too culture and all those kinds of things that have um, influenced. We talk about that too. We talk about how um, Ian Fleming was writing for a time through a lens that's pretty misogynistic. And it's yeah. okay to um, talk about that while still loving his books, you know, or loving yeah. to watch the movies and things of that nature. Yeah, that's nah. a great conversation. Now. That's awesome. Oh, it's, it's great. It's great. From my rabbit trails, you can go off on the various topics, whether it be like the technology, whether it be mm-hmm. the um, misogyny, or um, or when it comes to war and espionage and, and all that. And kind of so, do you go? Do you have like where you go off and just okay? We're barely. Talking about James Bond, where you're just using James Bond as kind of like um, our jumping off point. Jumping off point for whatever it is that happens to be going on at that time, right? Because right. I think that we also discount uh, Timothy Dalton's James Bond a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's got mm-hmm. some really great stuff that we talked about and about how we weren't so cool, you know, and uh, and how we approached many things. And it shows in his movies, but his movies are are probably some of the best ones, frankly, that are that are aging. And it got him a role as a villain on Chuck. So yeah, and it was he was a delicious villain on Chuck. Oh, he's I amazing. Love Chuck. <laughs> Chuck's a great show. It my really wife is a huge great. Chuck fan. I, I, I kind of like Chuck. I'm not a huge Chuck fan, but I, but I, but I like Chuck. My wife loves Chuck. Yeah, I think she's watching well, like two or three he's times. He's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes. anyway, um, and watching his character arc actually is a lot of fun too. But but it's just whatever the kids. I kind of let the kids direct. What mm-hmm. it is we talk about, because I know what my goals are in terms of like what standards I'm hitting, what um, AP things I'm hitting, and mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to hit those things, and so I right. let them kind of kind of move around and talk about. Like uh, last summer, I had kids who wanted to talk in depthly about all of the guns that were used throughout the course of the mini movies, mm-hmm. and I was like, that is something I know nothing, absolutely nothing about, but right. I let's research that. And so then I let the kid take over for a little bit. He's talking about all the stuff that he knows. Mm-hmm. And then we watch some YouTube videos. We research a little bit, found some articles, read, and I learned about. And so what's standard or what, what, so what's the teaching thing that's happening in that? Is it that they're just learning how to research or they're learning how to like, or we're just, or we're just learning about guns? <laughs> well, both, right? So you've got, uh, well, and also having to have, um, last summer my class was totally 100% on Zoom. Right. So it's also learning how yeah. to have those conversations. It's mm-hmm. uh, learning how to listen as well as speak, and listening is super hard. When I said, hey, on Thursday, you can take over um, and talk to me about what it is you know about the weapons, mm-hmm. like he had to come in with stuff, uh, right. you know. And then it's it's the kids also respecting his voice has the authority for that thing, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. I think I, I just love all of it so very much. Yeah. And how it, every time will every time something like that will happen, it will lend itself, right? Mm-hmm. I have the girl who really, really, really doesn't want to read James Bond because he thinks she thinks he's super, super, super misogynistic. Right. right. But then you can talk about um, how he's changed over time based on those kinds of things, based on topics that people say. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daniel Craig's James Bond, the, that last movie was totally different than, you know. Right. And that was right. because the people talked. and, <laughs> and Right. And, and the filmmakers have learned to, to make the, the, make the adaptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess there's still... Have we picked a new one? I, 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 there's, there's talk of like 
a female James Bond or what's his name? Idris Elba, Idris Elba. being James Bond. Uh, or, yeah. or, or we talked about that too. Emma Watson, Henry I think. Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, that would be good. And yes. then one of the kids, of course, is, well, I don't want a black James Bond. I'm like, why? I don't understand. Black people yes. don't want being yes. a black person myself. Right. <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. And, um, and then, you know, and then we talk about that. Why don't I want a black James Bond? Am I being racist or am I being too tied up into a character? That, right. you know, mm-hmm. being from and created. Mm-hmm. And I let them have those conversations and I let them talk about those things and uh, their influences. That's awesome. cool. I've had a lot of interesting conversations about that, too. One of my friends brought up, he's like, well, I mean, if James Bond is infiltrating a lot of places around the UK, right, wouldn't a white person blend in better as a spy? And I was like, well, I mean, that's an intellectual argument, I guess. But yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's, it's an argument. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, but, but and, and it's, it it's a little more it's a little more justifying a bias than it is an intellectual argument, I think. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> right. And so and that's what we end up like coming to. We end up coming to every time that, oh, it's my bias about this character that isn't even a real person that I'm tied to looking a certain way and acting a certain way. So I remember when Daniel Craig's first movie came out, we're like, oh, my gosh, these are so violent. James Bond is not this violent. Right. Mm-hmm. Just off Pierce Brosnan thing. Um, <laughs> so, and, uh, but we, you know, like we got used to it and then it became, oh, he's realistic. He's, um, actually for the times in which he lives. Yeah. Right. And you're, and you talked earlier, um, yeah. Pierce Brosnan was for the time in which he lived. Right. right. I so, wish and James Bond is becoming a little more, I guess, I, and I guess that's gotta be tough as, as a filmmaker. You want him to have him bigger than life, but you want to have him be realistic at the same time. Yeah. Cause I think in the yeah. beginning he was kind of just bigger than life and you know um superhuman yeah right right, right. almost where it's like right. yeah yeah you know i mean he would still get like stuck a little bit and have a, you know things to overcome but it, but but mm-hmm. yeah but it was not quite as realistic i guess yeah so yeah we don't see him like overwhelmingly bloodied and having to heal and like yeah. all these bruises and cuts and although ian fleming talks about that in his book about like how many scars are on his back and how many wow. interesting i'm yeah. i'm curious too which ian fleming book do you think is like the most like a james bond movie like which bond movie do you think is most uh, like the original novels or do you think you'd have to go outside of it is like is it more like a slow burn like tinker taylor soldier spy style spy Actually, tinker taylor soldier spy is an excellent book thank you for mentioning that but I really like On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Like there are yeah. things in that book that actually made it into the movie the way the book says, which mm-hmm. is um, not what Casino Royale does at all, no. <laughs> or any of those other. You know, um, well, Casino Royale more, but Doctor No less, uh, Goldfinger less. You know, um, the books are I think a little more serious in the movie, mm-hmm. and James Bond is a little more terrifying, <laughs> for lack of a better word to describe them in the books. I like both images. I frankly. I was reading through your questions and one of them was like, um, which is your favorite? And I could talk about each one and then be like, that one's my favorite. And then go home and be like, no, I was wrong. It's him. He's my favorite. Because they're so, that well, they have the foundation of James Bond. Mm-hmm. There's, each of them are so different because they're mm-hmm. made for a culture in which they lived. And when you start yeah. talking about them, you're talking about the culture in which they lived. And of course, the 90s, I was a high schooler and a college student in the 90s. And so Chris Blossom really sings to me like he really yeah. does. Yeah. See, I grew up like the first first James Bond movie I saw, which I don't think is one of the um, ones that's 
held in high esteem was was um octopus like i just happened it's to not, that, it's not. right but i happened but that was but i was like 12. i mean starting from the title and working down <laughs> yes yes i mean so i was 12 or 13 or 14 when i saw that and so it was like so that was my first james bond experience i hadn't seen any of the the connery ones like on like where they would have been like playing on tv or whatever at that point yeah but um and so that so roger moore became like my james bond you know, and so that's, so that's basically because of, of, of my age that I came out. So I do think, I do think just like a lot of things like that, people, um, with, with franchises, they love it because that's the version of the franchise they saw. Like, like people's favorite Batman, you know? Right. So if right. you, so if you saw Michael Keaton and in the eighties and that's, then that's who you liked. I mean, I think there's very, you know, the people who love, um, what's his name? The, the most recent one with Nolan and, um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale, like that's he, people. Oh, he's only the most recent for a few more months. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, now it's and then good. it's and Pattinson? then it's what Robert Pattinson, which I don't even yes. know if I can watch that. Yes. Um, I'm gonna have to let a friend watch it first before I go in because um, I've been watching the previews and things, and I'm like, I don't know if I he sparkles as a vampire. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Have you I seen can. him in interviews, like as a person? <laughs> no. He's hilarious, and he really? hates Twilight. Yeah. And like he he. He's actually really very, very weird and very interesting. Um, I'm curious to see what he keeps doing. Yeah. But no, but it, does, it becomes. I mean, Christian, it, people said the same thing about uh, uh, Heath Ledger, too, right? Oh, I don't so want the pretty true. boy being Joker. And frankly, Michael Keaton is Batman. People are like, Michael Keaton's Mr. Mom. How can he possibly <laughs> <laughs> Batman? Well, I love He's him. about I to reprise his role as Batman. Yeah, <laughs> so I, 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 I love him because that's because it came out when I was, you know, like I, I was. Um, like 89? freshman in college, yeah, you know, things like 89, 90, something like that. Yeah. So, so I might have been a sophomore, but anyway, um, but yeah, so it, it is interesting how that, that goes. So do you associate with other James Bond nerds? Do you like have like some time where you get together and talk to other, uh, I don't, do they have a name, James Bondians or? Um, I, not online because online people spare me. I'm not going to lie. They're super intense. <laughs> And okay. uh, they they want their things the, their way, right? It's like, yeah. frankly, I also love Star Wars, but I don't talk to people online about Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Because I was going to curious, like, are there people who are, like, huge Ian Fleming? Like, I'm so mad that there even are movies and that they all are not as good as the books. Like Constitutional you... <laughs> James Bondists. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And they're usually British, right? <laughs> I, I, I would guess. Have you, have you met any of them or interacted with any of them or not really? Or do you, do you know what's um, going on? Not really. Just um, when I first started doing the summer class and I had to actually make it longer than a unit, mm-hmm. I was talking to people online about some stuff. And they were usually British. And they definitely pointed me to like um, some of those spy stories like the, I can't even think of their names right now. You know, the six spies that were the Cambridge Spies. Okay. And um, some other things like that to research because they were very, very firm on no, Ian Fleming was a spy, and that's why he took so bit kind of. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So they they think of him like being, I guess, like um, I guess he was like almost like a Tom Clancy ish as as well kind yeah, of thing, absolutely. right? Even though Tom Clancy wasn't a spy, but in terms of like the books trying to be as authentic as possible, or the or the books, because I haven't read the books, are the books more fanciful as well or or not really i think that they're realistic i don't um i'm i guess somebody somewhere will argue with me but i think they're super realistic in okay. how they describe this man who's been the spy you know 
mm-hmm. who is chiseled and who, who does these things, but is also very well dressed and knows a lot of things about well, a lot of things about food. And, right, uh, very sophisticated. Yeah. yeah, very sophisticated. Yeah, and um, my daughter always says I make better scrambled eggs than her dad does because I use the James Bond Ian Fleming um, recipe for scrambled eggs. Oh wow! And what's um, the what's is, the what's the trick to that? Lots of butter. Lots. There of you butter. go. The, the eggs are shaken, not stirred. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yes, yes, that's you know, very good. You, there's like, um, we talk sometimes just about food because the kids want to talk about it, you know, about what he eats and about, um, you know, he eats oysters and he drinks champagne and he has them for breakfast sometimes. And, you know, right. um, even when he's eating American food, it's always like, you know, the perfect piece of toast. It's always, mm, yeah, very, yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, that's like, I've definitely read plenty of articles like analyzing, okay, so how much does James Bond drink in a day? <laughs> like if he's having scotch with breakfast and like every single scene he's holding a martini, they're like, how is his liver even functioning? <laughs> how is he standing at all? Yeah, <laughs> And it's always, and honestly, champagne is the light drink, right? He's like, I'm just, I will just have champagne, a Bollinger, you know, whatever. <laughs> do, do you ever bring up, um, like, uh, I, because James Bond is just so ubiquitous these days that there's plenty of spoofs and things, too. Do you ever bring up Austin Powers or, or things of the like and talk about the lampooning of James Bond? <laughs> oh, yes. And what I think is great and or not so great is that in the beginning, people also understood Austin Powers. But those movies have aged so much that mm-hmm. they I have to talk to them about how they're funny. And I have kids that are like, these are just really offensive. And I'm like, you know, that. That scene right there, yeah, that was offensive. That that not age well. That scene did not age well. But I mean, a tonight. straight hour of fat jokes is just not okay anymore. That's not <laughs> I okay mean, anymore. Good. I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. Right, exactly. Which is yeah. Like, thank you for modernizing that whole entire scene where he drinks the poop. Kids don't think that's funny. <laughs> that's not cool. What? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Poop drinking so, gotta be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought poop was universal. Yes. <laughs> no, it is That's not. what Chaucer taught me. Yes. <laughs> so true, so true. But no, uh, Austin Powers definitely has not aged well. But then we can also talk about the spoof of that. And, um, well, there are parts of Austin Powers that actually do age super well, right? Like the henchman part, where that henchman's screaming for the whole entire time as they're rolling slowly to him. The kids get that part. They think that's funny. I'm like, that's just like those James Bond movies from the 70s. And I'm like, it is. Yes, yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I really want a new Austin Powers to start spoofing the the new James Bond run. Like, I'd love to see an Austin Powers parkour chase scene. Like, that That would be hilarious. Someone call Mike Myers. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, professionals. Pardon the interruption. We're always looking for resources that can help us, and we know that this has been a really tough year. So that's why we are proud to announce our, our new sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is awesome. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely and online. So you can send a message to counselor at any time. You get timely, thoughtful responses. You get schedule week video or phone sessions. It's awesome. It, It has everything you need. And it's more affordable then traditional online counseling and financial aid is available if you need it. Uh, licensed professional counselors are available. They're specialized in depression, anger, family conflict, stress, anxiety, grief, LGBT matters, self-esteem, sleeping, trauma, relationships. 
I'm pretty sure that's everything. The only thing they need to add in is losing a monopoly, and I'm pretty sure that's the whole gamut. So if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash listener. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash listener. Stand professional. Why don't you break down, though? Can you go bond by bond, starting with Connery? And because um, you said they're all your favorites. Can you make arguments for why they are the best and, and, uh, and defend each one? Because Connery is the correct answer, right? I was like, Sean Connery, because he's first, right? Right. And he's the template for, I'm going to go big and say every action hero. He's the template. You know, wow. slightly sophisticated, not ugly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, people want to be him. People want to be on him. You know, like those kinds of things. <laughs> like all that, you know, that all goes, that's, he's the template. And so therefore, that's why he could be the best one. And then okay. you've got, what, George Lazenby for that one movie? Oh. And although that one movie didn't age very well, I mean, didn't, sorry, wasn't very good in the beginning, it has aged superbly, right? Mm-hmm. And um, George Lazenby will even talk about uh, how he's the reason why he didn't get to be James Bond much longer, because he was, I guess, not cool, <laughs> you know? I didn't even know George Lazenby <laughs> was a person until you just said that, by the way. That's just oh, what yeah, I know about James sorry. Bond. George, okay. George Lazenby, uh, I forget what he did for a living. I think he sold cars. And, oh. Uh, then he became an actor, and then he became too big for his britches, and then he became no longer an actor. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think that's the short of it. That's the short of okay. it. Okay. I'd watch that documentary. What was the name yeah, of his? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What, what's, the, very, what's, what's the name of his movie that he was in then? On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. Huh. I didn't that's know his name, but I knew it was a, a Bond who was only in for one movie. Yeah, okay. One movie. And yeah. that's probably one of my favorite ones, frankly. Um, okay. He makes fun of himself, like the whole mm-hmm. entire opening scene, and then at the end he says, "This wouldn't have happened to the other guy because the girl runs away." You know, nice. and then it just kind of—it's just—it um, was ahead of its time, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, after him is Roger Moore, and mm-hmm. when he did that Roger Moore um, comedic, comedic relief, he needs to be different than Sean Connery, right? And he was. In the end, he probably was a little too funny, and mm-hmm. a couple of his movies um, don't age very well at all. Like you know, his black exploitation film, <laughs> that, and the, they just don't age well. Okay. Um, but he's still. We needed that comic relief, that uh, tongue in cheekness that we yes. we think is always Bond, but it's not always Bond. It's, it's Roger Moore's Bond. Nice. Um, Timothy Dalton gets a little more serious, right? Uh, in his movies, I think. Uh, Felix Leiter loses his legs and his wife is murdered and there's sharks and it's just, I mean, it's pretty intense. Um, and his movies, frankly, because I am that person, um, I knew that Pierce Brosnan was supposed to be James Bond, but Remington Steel, you know, the whole entire yes. debacle going on there. And so I, I love Remington Steel, by the way. I'm a huge Remington oh Steel fan. Me too. Which yes. we'll watch episodes of that too. And they're like, you don't know Remington Steel? This goes a baby. He doesn't know what Remington Steel is. Well, Remington Steel. Yeah, it was, it was. The premise of the whole TV show Remington Steel, so it's a, like a early '80s, maybe early, um, yeah, detective detective show, kind of around the same time as uh, Moonlighting, and there's a few other ones that were out there that were just like a lot of detective shows. Anyway, so the premise is this: there's a lady that she wants to open a detective agency. Well, she wanted people to frequent the detective agency, so she made up 
a fictional character called Remington Steele. So that people would see, oh, this is like a, um, this is a, this it's a like a super spy style name. So, yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah, they, so, would, they, would, so they would come and she'd be like, oh, Mr. You know, hypothetically, she would Remington Steel because Rex dangerously was taken. Exactly, and so <laughs> exactly. Mr. Steel, Mr. Steel is in here, but I'll take all your information and we'll do that. And then she would solve whatever Rex crimes or whatever. Murder, she do. wrote it. Got it. Right, yeah. and then Remington Steel shows up. Yeah, and he's like, "Hello, I'm Remington Steel." You know, you know first that. episode, he's trying to steal these diamonds, and he's playing. He pretends to be Remington Steel to one person, and he's pretending to be somebody else to another person. And then kind of flops into the role, and she's not happy about it, but he is really attractive. So yeah, and so he's basically a scam. <laughs> he's a scam artist who's pretending to be Remington Steele, yeah. and then he ends up, and then it ends up Double being scam. Yes, yeah. and then so now he's it's part four of the seasons. The fourth season, no one should watch, but the first two are really great. Yeah, and a lot of will they, won't they, um, going on, you know. Yeah, um, you know, so. interesting. Yes, it, it is. You, you yeah. have you've got to take some time out of your life yeah. to watch all four seasons. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I've, I have not all seen all two it seasons. Got it. In, in <laughs> yeah, um, the first two seasons, last two seasons. Uh, yeah, I haven't uh, seen it in thirty years, so I don't know. Uh, my, we watch it, my daughter and I watch it all the time. It's a good good to have on while you're grading. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, for my kid to see when she was seven, you know those kinds. Yeah. Of things. Yeah. Um, but no, he was contracted, to, obligated to be Remington Still, and so Timothy Dalton got the role. And the whole world was angry. I, if I remember correctly, I was young. Mm-hmm. But I didn't watch them until I was in college. But dude, those age really well. I mean, they're just really good. Timothy Dalton is like that middle guy. He's a little funny. He's a little debonair. Um, he's got some action in a way that Pierce Brosnan did not. Because mm-hmm. he's got a sense of humor, but he's also very intimidating as exactly. an actor. Yeah. Exactly. And he's got that voice, and he's just he's just really good. And um and those three were new to me. I think there's three um, that were new, were new to me, so that was fun. And then Pierce Brosnan, I watched all of those in the movie theater mm-hmm. and uh, loved every minute, every second. And uh, they're fun. They're just a lot of fun. Yes, they are. And Goldeneye, that uh, two-person game thing. I don't. I'm not gonna say the right words. I'm not gonna pretend. We played Goldeneye on what the PS. No, an N64. That was the game. N64 game. Yeah. The, yeah, but I remember playing that like in college. You know, because that was like a game. That was a game. Um, good stuff. And then Daniel Craig, blown away every time, right? Every time I watch a Daniel Craig movie, I'm blown away. Except for this last one, I, we, okay, yes. we were all crying at the end. Oh, so it's devastating. My, yeah, I took my summer, my summer bond kids, we all went to go watch it together. So we met in the middle of the state uh, in Jefferson City and watched the movie. There was like seven of them and me and their parents. And well, like uh, literally, we we're like falling at the end. Because wow. <laughs> well, would you say that Daniel Craig and Sean Connery are the best in terms of being actual actors versus absolutely. You know what I mean? So I think they kind of like the bookends there. We're like those people. I'm not saying they're not good actors and okay actors and don't do a good job with James Bond, but I think that yeah. there might be a little more. They can they have a little more depth to their acting chops. Absolutely. Than, I mean, Pierce Brosnan being some uh, of the I think licensed to thrill, they call him Suave Bond. Right. But I don't mind that. I'm going to lean into Pierce Brosnan's suave bond. But definitely, right. I agree. Daniel Craig and, and Sean Connery are, are there yeah. to be cool. And it's okay to be an action superhero and not be a great actor. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? So you only have to go so deep most times. What are you going to say to this? Like you're chomping at the bit over there. All right. So I got two two questions for you. And then I want to hear your funny story from the classroom. But okay. I got two really tough questions. Oh, wow. First one is... All right, so I know you said all the Bonds are your favorite. So then, do you have a favorite Bond villain 
or Bond henchmen that he fights because there are so many good ones. There are so many good ones. There are so many good ones. Um, Jaws versus Oddjob. What do you got? I was going to say. I was going to say. I don't know if it's going to be Jaws or Oddjob. Although I do <laughs> love what they do with Oddjob in Austin Powers movies. <laughs> it's so great. It's so Throws great. a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so good um and jaws is just over the top and menacing and scary and just a good time um i like the i like scaramanga the villain in uh the man with the golden gun mm. there was christopher lee by the way bringing that back around um was it yeah it's christopher lee wow it's been a minute <laughs> all um, right but i i really like that yeah okay and all right question number two so you're the expert and this question's been debated for so long. James Bond, 007. Is it a character or is it a code name? <laughs> That's a good one. Because we argue it every year. And I've never told the kids what I think. Uh-oh. Ever. <laughs> because it's such so a good one. Stay in a secret. Like, you know, when I'm saying some kid will say something, I'll be like, you're right. That is a character. And they'll be like, anybody can be a 007. Like in the movie, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we came to that. James Bond is the person. 007 is the code name and anybody can be it. And that's okay. Right. Because if, yeah. if he... Oh, there was there was a movie where there was another 007, wasn't there? Just the last one. Yeah. Where somebody had and, taken over as she, 007 when James Bond did. Yeah. He is British and black. And uh, I'm not sure we liked... We talked about dinner. and We had dinner afterwards. Talked about it at dinner. How she gave him his number back. And we're like, she didn't need to do that. They were doing such a good job. He was being, he was being James Bond, James, and she was being 007. And that was just a fun little piece mm-hmm. on there. Interesting. Like how Love I it. Answer, but I answered that question. <laughs> yes. Love it. Uh, do we want to, um, it's not on the thing, but did we want to do a real quick, um, admin colleague student to this code? Cause it just tends to lend itself to that. Okay. Oh. So we have, we, so we play a game sometimes called admin colleague student. Okay. Okay. So it's, are you familiar with, familiar with the game, um, kill, marry, fornicate that you might have played before? Yes. Yes. So it's, I've never so, played it ever. So, so it's, so uh, never have I ever, <laughs> but, um, so it's kind of like that only we'll name three characters from James Bond movies. You have to pick one that you want as your student, one that you want as your colleague and one that you want to make your admin. This is such a fun game already. Yes. <laughs> so Tedisco, I'm gonna let you you seem to have more bond expertise than me. So you pick the three and then and then Miss Hastiel will um Um Well how how about the, the three villains that, that you mentioned? You got odd job jaws and the man with the golden gun. What do you got? <laughs> the man with the golden gun would be an excellent an excellent administrator. I'm not kidding. Because he's so he knows his stuff and he's very smart and narcissistic. Not that I think I'm a narcissistic. <laughs> Never. But anyway, moving on. And then let's see. <laughs> odd job as the colleague because I don't want him in my classroom. Nice. At all. <laughs> he's the angry teacher at the end of the hall that nobody talks to. Yes. <laughs> and he yes. can throw his, his shoes and his hats and his spikes. Oh, yeah. Down you hear there, him throwing yeah. stuff when he do- closes the door and you just walk away. Right. But also, his death by uh, Metal Hat was also just a really good scene. <laughs> Yeah, so then Jaws is your student. Yeah, Jaws is my student. Because he's just a big log. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Do we want to... Is that good to this group? Or do we not do, do another oh, no, round? No, no, no. Uh, I, I need another... All right, you ready? 
So Sean Connery, uh, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan. Oh. For aesthetic reasons, Pierce Brosnan should probably be my colleague. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Can be um, can be the admin, and Sean Connery can be the student. Okay, okay, cool, cool. That works. All right. So we always like funny stories from the from the world of education. We know how crazy kids act and how crazy things happen all the time. So hit us with your like fun stories that have happened in your classroom, Um, and it can be James Bond related or not James Bond related. Just something that happened. Well, James Bond related, um, the kids always want to know how to gamble, and I always feel really bad about that. Like, I'm uh-huh. like, well, I don't know if it's a time or place for us to learn how to play. Dex yes. told them. Yeah, <laughs> like, a Baccarat lesson, yes. Yeah, well, but that's what we did last summer, because last summer on Zoom, I was like, we're on Zoom. Let's learn how to play. So I go, so the third week it's of It's not class, an easy game to learn. It's not. Not. So I looked it up a little bit, and I, so I came back to the third day of class and said, hey, we're not going to play until the third week of class because I need to figure out how to teach you guys and then <laughs> where you can practice. And then, but there's this online gaming thing you can play. Um, so I taught them one, it's a three hour class, I taught them one hour and then we talked and did some stuff and I let them play on it on their own. And then we played together and it's really, it's not as fun as you would think. I, I know why they picked Texas Hold'em as the game in the Daniel Craig movies because it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to catch on and, mm-hmm. and has a lot of movement. Fast um, paced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that was kind of fun. Um, the story I had in mind was like for my second year of teaching uh-huh. when we're talking and I'm writing on the chalkboard. That's how old I am. I'm writing on the chalkboard <clears throat> and a kid, um, who was just a smart aleck anyway, he goes, Hey, Miss J, cause I wasn't married then, but I can guess the color of your underwear. I literally turned around like, you don't tell people that and you don't blah, 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 blah. And one, a girl, bless her heart, sweet little girl says, um, yeah, your underwear. I had tucked my shirt into my underwear and it was, show it. Yeah. And I was like, this has got to be so embarrassing. I can't even. Oh, nice. Oh, that is. <laughs> so when that happens, like right out, you know, like, like my third year of teaching, nothing is bad after that. Nothing. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. After you teach for a certain amount of times, like things just can't hurt your feelings. There you go. <laughs> you just hurt it all. You yes. just hurt it all exactly. Yeah, it gets hard every embarrassing moment. You say it gets harder to embarrass you every every year. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. I know, like the kid, it's like they like think they're. It's so funny that the. I don't even react to it at. I guess I reacted maybe a little bit, maybe the first couple of years. The kid that wants to call you by your first name because all of a sudden they think they're like doing something. And it's it's so like, cool. yes, yeah. yes. I'm like, it's literally on, yes, it's written like about a million places. <laughs> it's so it's name. not a big That's secret. Right. Like, that you, is my you, name. Good job. You uncover something. It's on your um, grading app. You know, we use PowerSchool. And it's like, it says it in yeah. PowerSchool. So, like, you know, I'm like. Buddy, you're not a druid. Like, mastering my name won't give you power over no, you. No, no. And, but now I'm getting the, oh my gosh, you're older than my mom. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, it's time to retire. Well, well, I just realized I've shared with my natural kids. I haven't shared with my students. Um, but, um, I didn't even thought of it. I, I've been alive in seven decades. Oh my, that's amazing. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Cause I've, I was born in 1969 and it's, and it's 2000. I mean, so, mm-hmm. I mean, and we're just in the barely into another decade here. So, so I've, you know, 
Now, so I've, I need to do Thomas since I've been alive in seven decades. Cause it's, yeah, that's yeah. a great way to make yourself feel older. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I just don't believe I was born in the 70s, which is 76, but still. Right. Like, no, you are. You're like my mom's age. How old your mom? 35. Oh, well, then you're a keeper. Anybody else want an egg? Anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but before we leave, do you have any advice? So if there's a teacher out there, maybe they have some passion. Maybe they're, they really love James Bond, or maybe they are super into or Gilmore Girls, which Pokemon, I think really, or... I, 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 think, I think Gilmore Girls is one. Can we take, we take pop culture? Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls. Yes. If, if they have a pop culture passion and they can think of a way to tie it to the classroom, do you have any, any advice or inspiration for them? This is going to sound really dorky and nerdy, but I Love am, it. I like pedagogy. I like standards. I like the whatever. And so you got to tie them. You got to tie them to the standards. You got to tie your, what you're doing to like, um, the curriculum and, um, make sure that what you're doing, whenever somebody questions, you can say, well, no. Like I was looking at the paper that my AP lit kids have to write and I was like, you have to name a specific rhetorical or analytical focus, structure, style, social, historical values. Talk about syntactic structure, uh, coherence and logical so when my principal reads that they're like oh yeah carry on (laughs) (laughs) there you go so bring your receipts is what you're saying yes have your ducks in a row don't just go we're gonna watch toy story and talk about (laughs) it (laughs) and talk about it because it's like uh real illusions yes you gotta bring it in even though i still remember pygmalion okay (laughs) you're right well, and that's what the, when I do, uh, Blade Runner with Frankenstein, I love the kids. First of all, Blade Runner is so old, the kids think it's so cool. They're like, <laughs> this is a real movie. And I'm like, it's a real movie. Um, it cost so much money and took so much time. It made nothing. Just so you know, Harrison Ford hates it. Everyone hates it. But yeah, <laughs> we're watching the director's cut. Why are you calling it the director's cut? Because there's three other cuts. You know? <laughs> and there's always at least one kid who years later, like one kid when Blade Runner 1949 came out, he messaged me on Facebook and said, Hasty, are you watching 2049? Can you believe what they did with such and such? <laughs> you know, always one nerd that you. Love I remember it. I was a teacher. Um, I floated into her room and it was funny because the, the admin at the time was giving her a hard time about it. She's like, well, I'm trying to convince, um, my, uh, the, the principal to let me show goodwill hunting in class. And she's like, she's like, she said, I have to write something that justifies why I can show Goodwill Hunting. And I said, the justification is Goodwill Hunting. Like, Goodwill Hunting. I said, just watch the movie. That's I the justification. The <laughs> if you don't think, if you don't think that's like, if you don't think that's, uh, that it's something awesome, then I can't explain to you why it's awesome to show Goodwill Hunting in class. You know? Yeah, so good. They give Matt Damon an Oscar despite him being Matt Damon. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> Dang, that was harsh and cold and I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I liked Matt Damon. I, yeah, so. It's not his no, fault. Google Hunting is really good. And also that book site, to me, they go together. I don't know yes. why they do, but my Because of Robin Williams, yeah. 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 But they do. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's the justification. We don't need to like, I don't need to like explain to you what this, you know, like watch the movie. And if you don't think it's good, then there's no point. And then no other explanation I'm going to do is going to, is going to win you. The over. importance of being alive, the importance of family, love, right. you know, we could go right. on. Yeah. So, um. Pop culture is important. It, it is, is. and it has meaning and purpose. It does. It has meaning and purpose. It does. It does. Now, I mean, I, I mean, I guess there's, well, never mind. There's, there's some pop culture that doesn't, obviously, but well, it has some meaning and some purpose to somebody. So I guess that's to somebody, true. but it's still trash. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. We will talk about I, that. My my high school humanities teacher had us watch episodes of The Simple Life. Wow. So, 
How really? Did they connect that to anything? I'm I don't think they did. From an anthropological point of view, I was interested. Like it was, I know how Jane Goodall must have felt. I love the Simple Life. Did you? I did because <laughs> Nicole Richie. Now Jessica, Sim- well, not Jessica Simpson. Um, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton Paris is. Hilton's- is I'm not impressed at all. Even though now she's like become like, also, she's become like a social justice warrior. But um, but really, yeah, she is. She's she's like fighting like um, googling that right now. Yeah, <laughs> yes, she she, is. she she like testified in some court hearing or something. I had to forget what it was. But she's wow. oh, she's okay. Yeah, all she's right. she's on it. But um, you know, she grew up. But like, but Nicole Richie is just so funny in that, and the fact that she continues to. Make Paris Hilton do stupid stuff. That's what I liked about it. I like that she's like the best friend. It's like, hey, what if we do this? What if we do that? Why don't I dare you to do this? And so that's what I, that's what I liked about it. Because Nicole Richie was play the smart. simple life vital. We made it important. <laughs> yes, there we go. I love it. Well, thank you, unprofessionals, for tuning in. Thank you for Miss Hasty. Do you have a um a book or a TV show or movie? Anything other? That, anything to promote? Are they? Are, uh, I know you're on uh, Twitter. Is there anything that um? That they can do to like, so we can generate some income for you, possibly, or you're not monetizing your brilliance. And wonderful, but teaching is enough. There we go. <laughs> I know it's just rolling in my teacher money. Right, I'm rolling yes. in it, rolling in. It. I don't. I have not made any content. I've been too busy teaching and parenting. I now I, I, have to, I have to go do something now. <laughs> yes. But thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. It's been so awesome. And just you know, another look into like. Teaching can be different in so many different ways. There's a, a gazillion AP lit teachers out there, and so as well as other subjects. So, so make it your own, unprofessionals, and figure out a way to like make it so that it makes teaching so much more wonderful when it's you as opposed to something that someone else made. I really believe so. Um, but thanks again, and as we always say at the end, stay unprofessional. Awesome. That was so much fun. Thank you.